Hey everyone, welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalen, starting up the episode and ready for some Flophouse funnies. Dan, what do we do on this podcast? Well, uh, the uh, normal episodes are ones where we watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. But uh, also, those, those, those take up uh, two weeks in a month, and the other two weeks are taken up by what we call the Flophouse Mini, which are theoretically shorter. Sometimes they aren't. And they're a lot more freeform. Uh, and Not to be confused one, with the TV channel Freeform, which is unrelated. Uh-huh. No, Nor no. is it a sponsor. <laughs> no. This in fact, is, <laughs> they can go to hell. <laughs> this episode is one that uh, I'm driving. Um, it is uh, a concept that I hope you'll go along with. I don't know if you'll enjoy. Uh, we'll see. But uh, but I'll I'll introduce it thusly. Okay. <laughs> By the time, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, yeah, I think Stuart and I are both buying into you introducing a concept. Okay. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Thanks. I've set up the premise that I will introduce a premise. <laughs> and I hope that you'll accept that and go with me. Okay. By yeah, the time yeah. <laughs> by the time you hear this episode, uh Stuart and I will have uh presented No Way Out at the Nighthawk Theater. We are uh so I'm advertising a thing that has passed already. Uh we have we have introduced a film at the Nighthawk, which is a thing that we do from time to time when our friend Christina asks us to do it. Christina Cacioppo, a programmer at the Nighthawk. Best in the and, biz. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And No Way Out is part wait, of Wait, her- hold on a sec. I want to take a minute to talk about Christina before we go. Yep. I feel like theater programmers don't <clears throat> often get the glory that they deserve. And she really is the best in the biz. She, We've known her for a long time. She was the programmer at 92i Tribeca, a now defunct space that uh, I used to present a screening series at because she allowed me to. Uh, yeah. She was, she worked at Alamo. Like she, she's just a fantastic programmer. And who decides which movies are going to make it to the theaters other than the big ones that hit you over the head with themselves so you have to watch them it's these programmers so thank you theater programmers for bringing us the movies we might otherwise not get a chance to see in glorious widescreen mm. uh if if they're projected in widescreen okay. they might not so be projected in widescreen maybe they're projected using that little thing where you put your phone inside of a cardboard box and it just kind of and it just shoots out an image onto a pillowcase or something like that but either yeah. way programmers thank you go to your theater right now your local theater go just kiss your local theater programmer right now Don't and say thank kiss you kiss them Don't kiss them at least not without their consent If you're if you're in a relationship <laughs> with them and you're not sneaking up behind them, which is weird even if you're in a relationship, uh, go ahead and kiss them. But otherwise, <laughs> maybe just give them a nice handshake. Or or yeah. just wave. Or just wave and say, good job, thank you. Or salute them, you know, I don't know. Or like $20 and like just like a little tip envelope. <laughs> <laughs> now wow. it seems weird. That seems creepy, yeah. Yeah, one of those little oh. like birthday envelopes where it uh, it has a little <laughs> keyhole cut out for the president's face, and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. oh. As if the president is the president's creeping on you. Who oh. cares? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ulysses S. Grant is watching you. Oh, Grant. So or, Dan or, the, or Benjamin Franklin. I know he's not a fucking president. He's not but technically he's still a president. On money. Yeah, that's mm. true. He is on money. Uh, so the point of this, <laughs> he, he would have was, been a president if he hadn't been a felon. But we can get it. We can get into that later. Yeah, because there's never the been a bad person president. <laughs> no, that's because before they before nor when on money. Like, 
When someone is elected, pre- or on money, there's never been bad people. When someone's elected president, they have to go talk to the Archangel Gabriel, who says, uh-huh. "Be straight with me. Have you ever done a bad thing?" And if they say yes, he says, "Thank you for telling the truth." You can't be president. If they say no, then he has to go back and check their history and I guess cut out their brain and weigh it against a stone. And if it weighs more than the stone because it's weighted down with sin, they can't be president and they're replaced by a robot. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. So, uh, Dan, so No Way Out, what's that all about? This movie that you will have already shown by the time they say it. I'm I'm actually going to this screening completely blind other than knowing the names of three of the stars. <laughs> um, no way and out. Yep. Well, now that you've made a big thing of uh, this, uh, I will reveal that this was just a way to get into a largely unrelated bit. <laughs> oh, so my God. I appreciate okay. Oh, there really is no way out of this intro. <laughs> I appreciate you really pumping it up. But um, <laughs> the point is, uh, this was part of Christina's series on erotic thrillers at the, at the Nighthawk called Nighthawk Diaries. Uh, uh-huh. I think that she was... Uh, Programming before erotic thrillers really sort of, you know, reemerged in the in the zeitgeist. Uh, Did they? So she was she was ahead of the yeah, curve. Yeah. Oh yeah, there were a bunch of articles they're a, about. They're having a mo. Oh okay. Yeah, I, I would say the moment has uh, has died down a little bit. Not, but uh, but you should still go see the the series. Uh, the series is great. Um, but uh, yeah, because no people out. got tired of being scared and horny at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No Way Out was also featured uh, recently in the Erotic 80s series on uh, You Must Remember This. So I thought let's piggyback on the success of of that series with my own uh, mini episode called Aquatic 80s. I like this. I like it. Okay, interesting. There are four films from the 1980s which are tagged with the keyword Aquatic Humanoid on IMDb. And so we're going to take a little <laughs> trip. Pick it apart. Through the four movies with the, from the 80s with the aquatic humanoid tab. Okay. Okay. So that, re- so, so that whole no way out thing really was a, a, a very, really was a mystery. I mean, again, if you guys would just let me sort of get through my intro. Uh, no, it's, called hang, it's called hanging a lantern on it. So just look at you follow the lantern and the lantern takes you to the aquatic eighties. It's fine. Yeah. It's a magic lantern that, that you follow. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, also in early form of film, kind of magic lanterns. Mm -hmm. So, uh, starting, starting at 1980, the first and, uh, relatively speaking, most famous of the four. And when you (laughs) relatively is doing a lot of work here, the first, uh, is Humanoids from the Deep. I was wondering if that was going to be the first one, yeah. Yeah. And uh, this is about aquatic humanoid monsters who uh, come come ashore to murder men and sexually sexually assault women. Uh, so that's not really something that would fly as a whole plot of a movie these days. But it was the, uh, it was the 80s, so that was rated G at the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was it was a Roger Corman production, so it was pretty Came pretty standard for old old Raj. Yeah, uh, to have fish <laughs> Raj men. Core, yeah, although it was, uh, was weird that uh, Ronald Reagan devoted most of his State of the Union address to urging Americans to go see humanoids from the deep, uh, so that they were would be fully aware of the dangers that were lurking. The for dangers us. Yeah. of horny fish. Um, now <laughs> they should have called it horny fish from the deep. <laughs> I mean, well, I feel like that's the subtitle for the Providence comics. <laughs> 
it's <laughs> it's interesting that you bring that up, Elliot, because it was originally titled "Beneath the Darkness" to make it sound classy, so they could wow, attract. Wow, that uh, is super classy. Yeah. yeah, but uh, Corman changed it to "Humanoids from the Deep" with his unerring eye for exploitation. Uh, and speaking of which, um, Corman, the the paradox of him is he would uh, give female directors uh, jobs when that was far, far less common. But then he would do things like he did on Humanoids from the Deep where he went behind Barbara Peters, the director's back, to insert nude scenes that she had refused to include earlier. And uh, just generally make it a lot uh, uh, rapier. So, um, not, not, one of, I mean, one of know. my least favorite words that ends in ear. <laughs> <laughs> For a man who loves ears of corn. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, just like sleepier. Okay, I'll accept it. Slimier. Ooh, I'll take uh-huh. it, I guess. But yeah, right and, El- yeah. and Elliot, Elliot, not normally blessed with long reach, likes to fight with spears. <laughs> yeah. So uh definitely not uh, a movie to watch uh, if 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 that is something that will uh Yeah, if you're like a substitute teacher and you got to put a tape on for the kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, uh, it's biology <laughs> class. I guess I'll put this one on. It Might says humanoids well. in the title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, uh, it stars a, a victim of John Lambdis's uh, <laughs> manslaughter, Vic Morrow. And uh, acquitted Dan, uh, he so, was acquitted for that crime he very much committed sure. and caused. <laughs> so I'm just digging myself further into the problematic elements of this film. But uh, here's here's some good news. The I mean, it wasn't Vic Morrow's fault. Let's, yeah, let's yeah, say. I wasn't asking for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was he was like John for this next scene. Make the helicopters go super low. He's like John, 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 crash John, on me, John. But let's only do it if we can have some child actors on board that didn't sign releases. <laughs> Yeah, let's only do yeah. it. We can have some illegally hired child actors. Ugh, John Landis. Anyway, yeah, so he from the deep. The the special effects team uh, for this did work on the Terminator, Gremlins, the Howling, and the Fly, among other things. They went wow. on to that is uh, that big is careers. some fucking bangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, I this is the only of these four movies that I think I did see uh, a long while ago, and I remember the monsters looking pretty good. Um, and the composer was James Horner, who probably overall is best known for a score to Titanic, but, uh, 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 he's best known for sticking his thumb into a Christmas pie in a corner of some kind and pulling <laughs> was, a plum out. That was his brother, Jack. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's right. I'm sorry. That was his brother, Jack Horner. Sorry, composer James Horner. Who <laughs> was last seen in a corner. Did he get out? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but a plum on his thumb to, to, to eat. Yeah. Good old plum-thumbed horn, they called him. He's like, look, I, I dedicated my life to ending ending the scourge of guinea worm in uh, in far-off countries, and yet you put one plum at it with, with your thumb. That's all they call you is plum-thumb. I feel like when I heard that song as a kid, I'm like, is this a fucking thing that, like, Christian kids do? Like... <laughs> Who sticks their thumb in a pie and pulls out a pl- like? What the fuck's going on here, right? <laughs> What's going on? Don't ask me. I'm Jewish. We don't even even eat plums. Dan, Dan, now, you're super Christian. So this is one of these things that <laughs> you're like super Christian. <laughs> I heard a story that 
could be apocryphal because all <laughs> at of these a DC ex- talk concert or something. I'm sure. <laughs> All of these explanations for like nursery rhyme rhymes are usually apocryphal. Mm-hmm. So who knows? But I remember re, uh, seeing or reading something about how like the idea was that this was all allegorical and like the plum he pulled out was, uh, you know, like a plum, uh, like a uh, uh, political favor. And it was all a political allegory of some kind, but it's probably all nonsense. Seems unlikely. I'm glad oh, wow. that we um, myth, I'm glad we finally myth busted that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> How many Pinocchios did that story get? <laughs> like a billion. Now, this movie, Humanoids from the Deep, it's interesting that it's funny that um the thing that uh uh Elliot was encouraging me to do was do a miss that movie uh, on a on a film that I t- told him about via text called The Beach Girls and the Monster from 1965. Mm-hmm. Uh, which it's a it's an interesting, fun, bad movie. If you're like if you like that kind of thing, check out the Beach Girls and the Monster. It uh, has a lot of Beach Girls go go dancing and a, a monster, or does it? Uh, but mostly it's <laughs> well. The uh, fact just, that you did that makes me kind of guess that maybe there's not really a monster in it. Yeah, it's like this weird movie that feels like a soap opera that they just stuck in. Some shots of go-go dancing girls and a monster in. I don't want to. I don't occasionally. Wanna, I don't want to kill the mood, but the movie has humans in it. It's got monsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those that's are the real you're monsters. right. We are the real monster. That's a good point. Uh, but sorry, I did, sorry I did, for I, killing I, the mood in this cool podcast. <laughs> no, no, it was just it was a little too real. A little too real. Sorry, guys. I didn't. I didn't talk about that movie because I was sort of only half. Watching it, I didn't feel like I could give uh, the full uh, flophouse treatment it deserved. But it's funny is to think that this from a man like, who routinely leaves the movie to go cut some fruit up and, <laughs> <laughs> and then comes back. Uh, he'll go to uh, the, he'll go to the theater and leave to cut fruit up, and they're like, "Sir, what are you doing? This is the concession <laughs> stand. Why are you cutting fruit?" It's just interesting to me that that happened because I came up with this alternate idea, and then I realized that uh, this first movie, Humanoids from the Deep, was. Uh, very consciously, Roger Corman's uh, attempt to sort of do a more modern version of this sort of uh, micro genre of beach monster film. <laughs> yeah, like the monster party <laughs> beach and things like that. Exactly. Um, so the, this is the Corman uh, sleazier version. But anyway, let's move on to the next now aquatic. Is Cor- now, is Roger Corman re- related to the director Michael Mann? That's it's a good, good, yeah, it's a good question. Well, he's the Dan. core of director Michael Mann. Oh, so <laughs> <And> if you <laughs> whittle him down, <laughs> that's what's inside. Okay. Um, now, that, now I know. Now I don't have to do it because he told me. That's good for Michael Mann. <laughs> Continuing this tour of aquatic 80s. Uh, now, now he's Dan's next- become a real Roger Tour man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this next film, now. Accounts vary online as to when this movie came out. Uh, IMDb says 1980. Uh, Wiki says 81. But uh, because of that dispute, it is second on a tour after uh, Humanoids, which came out in 80 <coughs> for sure. This is called Rana, the Legend of Shadow Lake. Mm. Okay. And Not the, familiar single, with it. the single trivia item on IMDb is... Rana is Spanish for frog. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but uh, R-A-N-A is Spanish think, for frog. I think says, frog is right. Yeah, I think you said it right. <laughs> Thank you. 
I did. Okay, good. I pronounced frog correctly. Swish. Um, Just nothing but net on that one, Stu. Nothing but net. Beautiful. And Beautifully now, done. This uh, this movie also has an alternate title, uh, which makes sense when you know that uh, it's Spanish for frog. It says the alternate title is croaked, colon, <laughs> croaked frog monster from hell. <laughs> Um, cool. Now, according better, better title, I think. Yeah. Um, and more appropriate to where this came from because this is a, a trauma film, and apparently Lloyd Kaufman in his book uh, said this was one of the five best trauma movies, which is a low bar. But um, there you go. If you want to see a good trauma movie, maybe this is your one. Now, this, hey Dan, it, I got a question. I'm going to head Elliot off at the pass real quick and ask yeah. you, is oh. Lloyd Kaufman related to Michael Mann? <laughs> <laughs> like, is he when Michael, Michael Mann has a cough? When he coughs. <laughs> okay. Yes. That's what I was asking. Thank you. When he okay. coughs, he vomits up his core. <laughs> Roger oh, Corman. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Amazing. And that's, it's like the cat in Uninvited. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Dan, are you familiar with the director of this movie? I'm just looking it up now is Bill Rabane, who did a couple of uh, Mystery Science Theater movies. He did The Giant Spider Invasion, and he did Monster oh. Go-Go, may, which is maybe the worst movie I think they've ever done on that show, worse than Manos, certainly. Uh, yeah, I I mean, I remember, I think I, I had the uh, Amazing Colossal episode guide, and I think that they singled it out as the worst movie. I remember I, watching I that. It, for, a lot, for a lot of my Mystery Science Theater watching, when I was young, the only way to see it was to watch it weeknights at midnight, from midnight to 2 a.m. on Comedy Central. And anytime it was Monster Go-Go, I just knew I was in for a lot of long shots of people hanging around a tunnel waiting for a monster that never shows up. And it, it felt like it was endless. It would just go on forever. And yeah. somehow 40,000 hours of waiting were crammed into what was probably 25 minutes of screen time. But, oh, man. so Theory of relativity. <laughs> anyway. That's what Einstein was talking about. Uh, in the so case of the movie Monster <laughs> Go-Go's, this is when relativity really comes into play. Now, uh, details on this movie are slim. Uh, the Wikipedia plot summary tops out uh, at one sentence. It says, <laughs> when a fortune is discovered at the bottom of a lake, a diver is out to get it, even when he discovers that the loot is being guarded by an awful underwater beast. And I took a look at some YouTube clips to try and fill out my knowledge of this, and they are very muddy. And the the monster, the titular muddy because monster. It's a, because it's a lake, yeah, with a frog in it? It, it just, it, it's not, it's not beautiful cinematography. I mean, it's probably degraded over time. Uh, who knows? It could have been gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like yeah, YouTube is the 4K re restoration, yeah. Yeah, YouTube is known for its crystal clear presentation, right? Yeah, it's true. Um, but it's, uh, the monster, the titular monster uh, looks kind of like a cheddar goblin. Which title, Rana uh, or, or Croaked? <laughs> Let's say croaked. Okay, so his okay. name is Croaked. The frog monster from hell <laughs> is the titular. So he looks like the Cheddar Goblin. Yeah. Um, yeah. High praise. Th yeah. This is as good a time <laughs> as any. Character find of what was that? Two thousand. What eighteen? Uh, this was That's a good uh, guess. Yeah. When did Mandy come 1980 out? Nineteen eighty or eighty one? Oh, Mandy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the Cheddar Goblin. I'm talking about. 
Okay. 2018. Got it on. I just looked it up. Got it wow, right no on the money. Scope. Yeah. Killed Ooh, it. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that's when I, I sniped, I sniped that one without even looking. Amazing. I know. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And you know what might be good if you're enjoying uh, a movie about aquatic humanoids, uh, some Lumi Labs <laughs> microdose gummies. All sorts of people are microdosing daily to feel healthier and perform better or to enjoy movies about aquatic frogmen. Mm-hmm. Or podcasts about today, movies about aquatic frogmen. <laughs> yeah, if you're using a microdose gummy while listening to this uh Podcast, let me know. And Write if you're in, not, if you're not using a micro gummy, microdose gummy while listening to this, why not? Honestly, what, yeah. what, what, what reason Treat do you yourself. have for not doing that? Treat yourself because, especially because our show today is sponsored by microdose gummies, which deliver perfect entry level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And um, look, I've enjoyed this product. Uh, I've I've had samples and I've had versions that I even purchased myself. And uh, and you like to feel good. I do like to feel good. Who doesn't like to feel good, especially these days in this economy? <laughs> I guess medieval peasants don't like to feel good, or yeah, <laughs> I think they liked it. Didn't have decided to really afford them the yeah. chance. Microdose is available nationwide, and to learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code FLOP. That's F L O P. To get free shipping and 30% off your first order, links can be found in the show description. But again, that is microdose.com code flop. And now we are halfway through our tour of aquatic 80s. Oh. <laughs> uh- Hi, everyone. I'm Adam McLeod. And I'm Alexis B. Preston. And we host a show called Comfort Creatures, the show for every animal lover, be it a creature of scales, six legs, fur, feathers, or fiction. Comfort Creatures is a show for people who prefer their friends to have paws instead of hands. Unless they are raccoon hands, that is okay. That is absolutely okay, yeah. Yes. Every Thursday, we will be talking to guests about their pets, learning about pets in history, art, and even fiction. Plus, we'll discover differences between pet ownership across the pond. It's gonna be a hoot on Maximum Fund. Hi, everybody. My name is Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Dr. Sydney McElroy. That that is true. It's important in this context because we host a medical history podcast called Sawbones. Oh, I thought we were going to. We should have worked on that. Sawbones. Sawbones isn't afraid to ask the hard-hitting questions. Like, are vaccines as safe and reliable as they want us to believe? Yes. Do I have to get a flu shot? Yes. Uh, Okay. Is science a miracle? No. We have a lot of great history for you and a lot of laughs. And sometimes the history is so bad that there's no laughs. But you'll learn something. You'll feel something. It's always sawbones. That's right. (laughs) Every week on MaximumFun.org. Now, this uh, next movie, uh, also from uh, 1981... Uh, presuming that the previous one was actually from 1981. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we'll never know. There's no way of knowing. It, Man, it feels like Sat- the aquatic 80s are fucking front-loaded in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, I think people got kind of tired of aquatic yeah. humanoids. There's, it, there's a movie that I'm really wondering if it's on this list, if it made on the list, and we'll find out at the end. There's a pretty big aquatic humanoid movie from the 80s, but I'm wondering if we're going to get to it. Dan, what's the next one? Uh, it's not this one. This, one, this next one is Saturday the 14th. 
Uh, <laughs> okay, so it's one day after Friday the 13th. Yeah, Saturday the 14th. I have not seen this film either. Uh, really? Uh, like I said, like I said, well, I. <laughs> that doesn't sound like you, Dan. <laughs> I've seen Saturday the 14th Strikes Back, uh, which was released in 1988. And I remember distinctly <laughs> watching Saturday the 14th Strikes Back when I was a kid on a family uh, vacation somewhere. It was the end of the day where we checked into a motel. With my parents. Spooky motel. Everyone was tired. <laughs> and, you know, we just got to go with what's on television. And <laughs> kids, when I was this a was kid, in the pre streaming era. Things. Yeah. Yeah. But whatever the and TV Sarah, is offering Saturday up, the 14th that's what you're stars, watching. What? Who's that? Ed Beagley Jr.? Uh, well, I'll tell you Saturday the 14th stars uh, Richard Benjamin, okay. uh, actor who later on did a lot of directing. Mm-hmm. Paula Prentice. Has two names Richard and Benjamin. Uh, Paul Prentice and Jeffrey Tambor. Is also oh, in this film. I think I'm thinking of Transylvania Six Five Thousand. You are thinking uh, of Transylvania okay. Six Five Thousand. I I have seen Transylvania Six Five Thousand. Yeah, Gina and I Davis understand. is incredible in that movie. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, no argument here. That's and either also, the movie that she met Jeff Goldblum on, or the movie they made while in the throes of love after meeting on Earth Girls Are Easy. I can never remember which one it was. One of them they met on, and and the next one they made while they were in love, and I don't remember which it is. It wasn't the fly. They were already in love by then, I think. Oh, well, man, made a lot, made the, a lot of good stuff. Those two. they made a lot of movies together. I, I, I never Tracking thought about it. Gina Davis and Jeff, Jeff Goldblum are really the William Powell and Myrna Loy of the nineteen eighties. Yeah. Um. Okay. So returning to Saturday the fourteenth, the the original, the the first in the <laughs> Saturday the fourteenth franchise. What now? One would think from the title, this is a slasher spoof. Mm-hmm. But it is actually a spoof of old horror movies, such as one might see in the 30s or 40s. So it's more up Elliot's alley. Sure. Um, again, I love seeing uh, things I love get made fun of. <laughs> from the director of uh, the director who came back for Saturday the 14th Strikes Back, he also made Space Raiders, um, financed by Julie Corman, wife of Roger. Mm hmm. So it's all it's keeping it in the family, aquatic humanoid wise. <laughs> um, now I, as I said, haven't seen it, so I can't speak to the specific aquatic humanoid. I assume it is a take on the creature from the Black Lagoon. If it is old horror movies, but the IMBD trivia page says, and I quote: "At one hour eleven minutes and forty six seconds." The bathtub fish monster punches through the glass and reaches inside the house, momentarily grabbing the breast of Debbie, parentheses, Carrie Michelson, as she is standing to the side of the window, happening ostensibly by accident. So that's the trivia. (laughs) This accidental boob grab is the trivia for Saturday the 14th. They should have called the the movie Accidental Boob Grab. That's a scarier title. (laughs) Yeah. But For then, both of the yeah. people involved. It was originally called Nailed, and then they turned it into Accidental oh, sure. Boob Look, that's, Looking that's at the cast back. list, Dan, it, it looks like it also incl- uh, it features a performance by Severn Darden, who was a Second City member, uh, who I always thought had a really cool first name. His first name is Severn, S-E-V-E-R-N. pretty cool. cool. He's in some of the Planet of the Apes movies. Anytime he comes up in a book about comedy, I'm always like, where do you get a name like that? Yeah. Yeah, and th- so this movie uh, probably not- his parents. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good point. That's a good point. He probably did. Good. 
Not uh, critically acclaimed. Uh, the Variety quote I found called it a pathetic farce, which will seem frail even on TV, which it probably should have been made for in the first place. So there you go. Wow, that's harsh. Uh, um, people got to eat Variety. And with that, with that in mind, did the sequel live up to that same harsh critique? <laughs> you know, when I saw it at age, I'm going to guess around eight. Oh, <laughs> very discerning it. age. Pretty funny, but maybe. <laughs> you know what? It couldn't have been eight because the sequel came out in uh, 88, at which point I would have been 10 already. So, yeah. yep. Unless you're in a house of leaves and things don't work the same. <laughs> Did you go to the motel of leaves? Was that where you saw it? I probably was about 12, I would guess, by the time it showed up on TV and I was encountering it. Anyway. Okay. The non-discerning <laughs> age of that, 12. That like. history's mystery. So that's, <laughs> I mean, that's three down. That's three yep, aquatic that's three 80s down. down. We only got say, one more left. Are there any accidental boob grabs in Saturday the 14th Strikes Back? Because I could see a 12-year-old liking it for that. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I can't. I cannot recall. <laughs> okay. I cannot recall. Um, I did pleading, pleading the fifth on this one. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the final... A stop in our tour of aquatic 80s. <laughs> LA was playing like uh, a rejected NBC game show, Stump Mr. Skin, right there. <laughs> <laughs> show me accidental boob grab. <laughs> Let's see what Mr. Skin has to say. <laughs> Mr. Skin's silhouette looks a lot like Dan. <laughs> and for some reason, it's Ben Stein playing Mr. Skin, though. Goes, oh, I'm, boo, I'm boo. Hezekiah Skin. And you're going to win my money if you can beat me at figuring out which nudity is in uh, these films. Not as problematic as his political beliefs. <laughs> I, I, had, um, I had a, I had a Dan, before we get to number four, I just was like, I, sure. I had a heated conversation with someone recently about how mad I still am at the characters in Knocked Up for not knowing there was already a Mr. Skin website. I it know. made me so mad. It made me so mad. I said, how are these guys, they cannot be that interested in these me. guys. What? Yeah, yeah, particularly these guys. How can they be so interested in nudity in film and not be aware of the number one information source for where to find it? It just it made me so I could not. I was like, if these characters, either this either this movie is asking me to to suspend my disbelief too much, or these characters are such morons that I have no sympathy for them in any case. Either way. I, I'm st- for some yeah. reason I was it's so like mad watching, about it. Like watching Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and being like, I guess I have to assume everyone can like fly around and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm much more willing to pick that up. But it, it also there was a moment. Uh, there was a moment in my head while I was talking to someone about this where I was like, Why am I still so like like angry about this? Why is this still something yeah. that I remember, let alone am heated about? So was the person you talked to? I hope you're a therapist. <laughs> uh, it was Judd Apatow actually. So oh, it really hurt my weird. career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. can see that. Um. Okay. We, we were at the we were at the uh, the annual memorial for Harvey Corman, at which uh, it's made very clear that he's not related to Roger Corman. That's the main oh. the main aspect of it. Yeah. So our final stop, and Stu- Stuart uh, Stuart astutely noted that uh, astutely that the aquatic humanoid genre was front loaded uh, to the beginning of the decade, and then. We saw them disappear from screens for a while. Uh, Build up America yeah. had become, you know, the the novelty had worn <laughs> off. But by, the brief three movie craze had come to an end. <laughs> this last one is from 1987. Oh fuck! Uh, That's so I, deep. I, I doubt. I think this I'm is not. 
Is this the one that I'm thinking of? It's called Demon of Paradise. Oh, no. I, Because I, I'm thinking of Splash, Dan, a huge hit about an aquatic <laughs> humanoid that movie. came out in the 80s. An enormous yeah. movie about an aquatic humanoid. Look, I'm just going <laughs> it's by called what Splash. It's about a mermaid. IMDb <laughs> tagged. As aquatic humanoid, it seems maybe, like it seems like that's a big a big miss. <laughs> I think that maybe there uh, there's a difference in in the minds of the the taxonomy makers at IMDb <laughs> between mermaids and aquatic humanoids. I just, because I mermaids just see, have a name, and that's mermaid. I guess that's true. And aquatic humanoids is just referring. I just to, I just know. see Daryl Hannah up going up to accept her <laughs> accept her aquatic humanoid. <laughs> I guess a check. And them saying, I'm mm. sorry, you don't, this doesn't apply to you. Mm, You're doesn't a mermaid. Count. Yeah, it doesn't count. Yeah. So yeah. that's, so there it goes, there goes my thinking that you were saving the biggest movie for last and that it would turn out to be a splash. Huge hit. Enormous. I think for kids today, it's hard to, it's hard to tell how much this movie about a guy who basically, how would you say it? Like, uh, like in, traps a mermaid into loving him. Yes. Uh, like how much, how huge a movie this was. Yeah. Well, and particularly speaking of Mr. Skin, for a young Dan who remembers Daryl Hannah's butt as she <laughs> walks onto Liberty Island. Now, now Dan, this is by hair on, yeah, yeah. on Disney Plus. Disney Plus put some extra <laughs> digital hair over that shit. That's wild, man. So you, wait, yeah. is, did they her hair hangs over it or they just gave her a really hairy butt? That's actually <laughs> a good hangs question. Down longer. Okay. Than okay. it previously did. They're like so when when Roy Disney, I guess I think he's since passed, but when he when he bought these movies, he goes, Hans got to shoot second. Greedo has to shoot first, and also we cannot see Daryl Hannah's butt anymore. We got to mm-hmm. cover it up. Uh-huh. Impossible. The and two people most po- important corrections. People have been pointing out that like Disney Plus is going to have fucking Deadpool soon. It like, was so, it's already there. It was so weird to turn on to to go to Disney Plus. Uh, and to have on the front page, Deadpool, Deadpool 2. I was like, that's nuts. And you're if like, ever, kids, <laughs> kids, <laughs> let's watch this shit. You're Sammy, not, I know how You'll be sick of Ryan Reynolds soon, so let's just get this shit out of your system. <laughs> I, I know how much you love breaking the fourth wall, but, uh, the, uh, but that's crazy. So, yeah, Dan, so that's 1984. Uh, how old were you in 1984 when, when Splash came out? Uh, I would have been six. Okay, so is and, this the origin uh, story for your interest in butts? Could it be? <laughs> I mean, by the time it got to, you know, like. So either that cable, or Donald Sutherland and Animal House. I probably would have been eight. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible this is the origin story. Yeah, it was Donald Sutherland reaching for a sandwich <laughs> or whatever it is in the cupboard. Okay, anyway. Um, Demon of Paradise. Okay. Now, this film. Not Splash. No, uh, not not splash at all. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, sim- similar. Wait for him to describe the plot. It might actually be splash. Okay, is okay. Is Tom Hanks in it? Uh, the plot of this is that uh, there is a lake monster called Akua or Akua. I'm, and despite rituals performed by fire twirling women that were are meant to appease uh, this monster, mm-hmm. dynamite fishing wakes this lake monster up and it preys on tourists at a nearby resort. And now this film is set in Hawaii, okay. but it was shot in the fi- shot in the Philippines where a lot of exploitation films uh, were shot. Mm-hmm. There's a, a great documentary called uh, Machete Maidens Unleashed about all of the, uh, the low-budget sleaze shot in the Philippines. Um, and this one is from prolific Filipino director... 
Uh, Ciro Santiago, who has 100 directing credits. Wow. Including the films Angel Fist, Cage Heat 2, and Vampire Hookers. <laughs> um, and uh, I like that you think it's the title's going to be Vampire Hunters, and then it takes an abrupt swerve after nope, the hug no. sound. The the trailer looks pretty entertaining, I got to say. I, I Not a movie... Again, I've seen, but uh, uh, a worthy end to the aquatic 80s. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Moving into the dry 90s. <laughs> oh, it was, uh, I mean, it's not like, it's funny. Yeah, it's right. Why 90s was pretty dry. It's like they didn't release any movies about water. There certainly wasn't a movie about a water world in the An 1990s. entire world of water, well, inconceivable. A huge world of water. <laughs> and of course, killed uh, it. So, there's and never so the, water in movies afterwards. And, and the abyss is not on this list where there's a humanoid kind of face made out of water that's not aquatic uh, enough for that's them? not an 80s movie, number one. When wow. did the abyss come out? Not humanoid. That's 90s. That's early 90s. Ed Harris, um, if you're listening, write in and tell us when your movie came out. <laughs> and by it's movie, I mean Dan, oh, Dan, Dan, it came in just... <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, Dan, it came in just on the wire, 1989, for the abyss. So I guess well, you owe an, I mean, you owe an apology true. to I Ed Harris. I would not Harris. call... I, that's right. I mean, I guess I would not call any of those cr- cr- creatures humanoid. Maybe when the water takes on uh, Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio's face, but that water is not the creature. It is just being controlled by the creature. Oh, so. okay. Okay, that's a good point. You know what? I apologize. And I owe an apology to Ed Harris, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Thank also you. to uh, also to James Cameron, whose new Avatar movie is all about water. <laughs> so it looks it's like wet water. is back. Is that What's the subtitle? It's Avatar 2, All About Water. <laughs> it's av- it's called, they're av- wet this time. It's called Avatar 2, wet enough for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, you know, before we leave the aquatic 80s, I uh-huh. just want to ask <laughs> the question that really I think these movies puts in, in, in the mind, which is why are fishmen so horny? Ooh, it seems good like question. Throughout history, even going back to the the original fish man, the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, he is also yeah, my, very horny as a as a group. My younger my younger son loves the creature from the Black Lagoon. He has a little stuffed creature from the Black Lagoon. He talks about him all the time. He was very upset when he found out there's no Abbott and Costello meet the creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, mm-hmm. And we've talked about writing a spec screenplay of that, which I hope to someday share with the Flophouse listeners if they're interested, uh, that hopefully my four-year-old and I can put together. But yeah, it's hard for me. He tells me, he asked me to tell him the story of the creature from the Black Lagoon, and it's hard for me to do it since it's in a kid way, since it's basically about a monster who kidnaps a woman. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, why are, why are these aquatic humanoids always so, so um, you know, uh What's the word you would? I'm trying to look for a word that's not rapey, guys. What's a word that would would describe? Well, that? Uh, bad. Uh, maybe we don't want to <laughs> take this trip down. Trip down fish lane. It I, is. Uh, <laughs> it is a good question. Fish why lane. fishmen are so horny? Uh, normally, uh, fish don't strike me as overly horny creatures. No, I mean there no, is the happy fisherman. Have, there's the happy who fish. we've we've <laughs> talked about before the fish 
that seems to be interested in sucking the dick <laughs> of I mean, someone. the real question is, why is the fisherman fishing without pants on? Because from the water up, he's wearing a shirt and a fishing vest. And from the water down, there's nothing. So well, that's the, that's, I mean, why is the I think we that? know why. It's so he gets a blowjob <laughs> from a fish. That's, okay, fair. But the, it's, it's also strange considering most fish don't have sex. The, the, as far as I know, the female fish yeah. just puts her eggs down and the male fish... When the female is not looking, I guess, when she goes to answer the door, he runs yeah. over and sprays his sperm all over it and then laughs to himself and runs away. So it doesn't really make any sense at all. So, yeah, I don't I don't understand yeah. it. So if you're well, an ichthyologist, I mean, write in. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. that it's clear that the fish is more interested in the fisherman's pleasure than its own sort of enjoyment right. in that scenario. Yeah, or that it, it does – Think that his penis is some kind of worm, and that it's a strange worm, and that it has to be filleted in order to yeah, consume. <laughs> the, 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 the fish is like, I, I shouldn't eat this one. I'll just put my mouth on it. And yeah, I'll just swim take back and, and forth for a while. <laughs> well, uh, right in, listeners, or don't please. Right, right, uh, right into did we jump the shark? Courtesy of the Flophouse, and tell us did we jump the shark, and was that shark horny? This episode has raised a lot of questions. We're going to have a week to think about it. We'll bring this conversation up again next time here at the Flophouse. <laughs> no, I don't think we no, will. No, we won't. <laughs> we'll bury this episode <laughs> in the desert near the E.T. <laughs> cartridges. <laughs> yeah. They're out there. Anyway, um, hey, uh, normally uh, there's less alarming uh, stuff that we do here on the podcast. Check it out. Oh, we a, should mention, by the way, if you're listening to this episode with children, please, please don't. <laughs> please stop it. <laughs> <laughs> please take them to uh, get their memory wiped at the su- internal sunshine. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Go get, the, get the MIBs to flash them in the eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. um, at your, at your but, local uh, brain scan booth. <laughs> But thank thank you all for listening. Thank you for bearing with us. <laughs> Again, my strange concept that uh, I came up with today when I was like, oh, shit, it's my turn. And uh, there are a lot of other great shows on the network, uh, better better planned out than this one. Uh, check them out at MaximumFun.org. Uh, if for some reason you still like us, uh, let people know about the show. <laughs> Recommend it to people. Recommend uh, a different episode, though. Mm-hmm. Now this one. And uh, thank you to Alex Smith, who's going to, you know, make uh, something listenable out of all this hash that we use, this audio I feel, hash. I know, he's going to spin gold out of this garbage, and in return, we owe him a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I know that uh, usually Dan has one or two things that he tells Alex to take out. Uh, I, I, I want to see the list that Dan <laughs> puts together for this one. Yeah. But, uh, the David anyway, Oselsnick for, style 50 page memo about this episode. <laughs> for the flop house, I have been Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm ashamed that I'm also Elliot Kalen. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> let me, let me, let me actually start this. Ah! Why did I squeal so loudly? It was, it was, I think that has to be the way the episode starts is, is with Dan saying, let me, let's start this thing. Ah! <laughs> like he's, like he's auditioning to replace David Lee Roth. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny Lee Roth. Uh, hey everyone. <laughs>
You've just heard me scream because it's time for the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. <laughs> I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalen. The The stated mission for this uh, show is to watch a critical or commercial flop and then talk about it. But on our off And weeks, yes, yes, occasionally discuss Topeka, Kansas. <laughs> mm-hmm. We do uh, Flophouse minis, which are a little more freeform. And sorry uh, to interrupt, usually- but every once in a while, we also talk about a good movie like Tango and Cash or the movie Cats. That's true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that important now, clarification. Now, what, now, how would we handle if there was a movie called Tango and Cats, where Ray Tango, the hottest cop on the force, yes. has to team up with some cats to take down Cat Palance? Because Jack Palance has been reincarnated as a cat mm-hmm. after being blown mm-hmm. up I in can't Tango imagine, and Cash. I can't imagine Cat Palance would like this situation very much, since those cats and Ray Tango would take his money. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I wonder why we don't seem to, like— grow our audience any further past where we're at and perhaps it's because yeah, it's a good question yeah, every a episode question. starts with multiple interruptions before we get to the the the, the gist of what we're doing already getting it's hot i love it i'm, I'm certainly sure it certainly doesn't help so that anyway, being said hey me, dan so another thing i was wondering just kidding uh, allow just, me to ex- <laughs> explain by the time you hear this uh episode of the show <laughs> we will all be dead <laughs> <laughs> and, th- and you have to solve the mystery. That's right. That's what I've cooked up. <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.